0: Here we go. It's another big week in the NFL for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This is the Bucks Wire podcast powered by USA Today Sports. Now, your host, Ryan O'Leary and Bucks Wire editor, Luke Easterling.
1: All right, Luke. As you wrote, Bucks beating Bucks. Tampa drops a game it, it definitely should have won, losing twenty to nineteen to the Chicago Bears. Felt like a while ago now. Last Thursday night, Bucks fall to three and two. Instead of being in sole possession of first place in their division, they're now tied with everybody: Saints, Panthers. We're all three and two atop the division. What do you think? What's your leadoff take on this one? It was uh, that was a tough one to swallow because man, the Bears had no business winning that game, but they did.
2: No, no, it, it, that's exactly how it happened. And, you know, you can point to a lot of things. You can point to the injuries the Bucs have uh, mostly on offense but on both sides of the ball you can point to some you know obviously you know Bucks fans are going to want to point to some of those calls that were pretty questionable throughout the game but at the end of the day I mean as ugly as as it was for the Bucs from exterior problems in that game you still ended up with the ball and the lead with less than three minutes to go and a chance to ice the game uh, you give up the ball you have a chance to win it on defense again and you can't do it against Nick Foles And the Bears. So, you know, you don't get to complain about the officials. You don't get to complain uh, about injuries when you're still in a position to win the game the way they did on both sides of the ball. And you can't execute. and You can't get it done. So, you know what? They had their chances and and they just didn't get the job done. And now moving forward, you hope they can get healthy. Obviously, you know, Vita is done for the year now, in addition to O.J. Howard. They're going to have to come together, and they're going to have to do it really, really quick because they've got one of the best teams in the league coming to town next week in the Green Bay Packers. They have a lot of issues to work out. Thankfully, they've got a few extra days to do it, having played on Thursday. Uh, But getting healthy is really going to be the key for them.
1: During the game, watching it, it's almost unwatchable, all these flags. It's like, will will you put the flag back in your pants, ref? You know what I mean? Like, good God. They almost screwed up the whole product. On Thursday night, because there's flags on every freaking play, it was it was out of control. But then, when you reflect on it and you look at it, and I know you posted this this really interesting story on the Bucks wire, sharing tweets from who was that? Greg Amon? Um, right. He, you're sharing his tweets. And he's tweeting about the Bucks penalty problems, and this is something that goes back years, years and years and years. Tampa Bay now, as you wrote, Luke, on pace for 200 more penalty yards than in 2019 when they led the league in that category, and, you know, there's nothing that holds you back as a football team. Nothing loses football games quite like drive-destroying flags, right? And the Bucks know this more than most, and their fans. Clearly, adding Tom Brady, it can't mask what's been a fundamental flaw for this franchise for years, right? So this is something that it's no easy fix. They just got to they got to figure out a way to stop shooting themselves in the foot with all these penalties and especially the ones before the snap and after the play.
2: Yeah, I mean, th- those are the ones that hurt, right? I mean, I think any any football coach that's been around for, for very long will maybe admit to you that they can handle you know penalties of aggression where they're between the whistles and you're just trying to make a play. And you know some of those calls are really you know hit or miss, and, and you, you can take those right if you're if you're making mistakes at least make them at hundred percent, make them you know in pursuit of making a big play, making something happen. But when they're when they're dumb penalties after the whistle, when they're dumb penalties, you know where you don't even know where you're lining up. You're you're starting before the snap. You know, you don't know what the snap count is and, and you're, you're getting spooked. You know, those are the things that are just inexcusable, especially for a team that, again, you know, the last couple of years, they've been one of the younger teams in the league. But really, that's not the case anymore. They've got a lot of experienced veterans on this team on both sides of the ball and definitely way too many that continue to commit, you know, some really, really backbreaking penalties. They had a stretch, uh, I believe, Ryan, the other night where they had five penalties in six plays.
1: Well, was mean, that Was that when it was like second and 30? Yeah,
2: you know, and and that's I think control. the sequence that led to Tom Brady losing his cool on the sideline. And, he
0: did, yeah, he lost know, it. Tom does that.
2: Bruce told us today. We asked him about it, and he said, you know, I, I don't mind Tom doing that at all. It saves me the trouble from having to go over and cuss him <laughs> out. By the time I get over there, they've already gotten their their tongue lashing. I don't have to do
1: it. It's great. Oh, he'll do that. He will.
2: But yeah, I mean, it's you know, it's something that continues to to hold this team back. And you just you look on paper and say, how good could this team be? Not only you know have you had the injuries, but the guys who are healthy aren't getting the job done. They're not executing. You've got so, you know, the offensive line played their worst game of the year. in, in terms of pass protection, they had done pretty well up until that point. Yep. Uh, but Khalil Mack had a field day. They just could not protect Tom Brady. And when you combine that with the fact that there were a lot of injuries, particularly at the skill positions, they were very thin at running back. You know, they had Chris Goblin out for the second game in a row. Mike Evans wasn't at hundred percent. Scotty Miller was a game time decision. Uh, I think Justin Watson was out for that game. So they're relying on Tyler Johnson, the rookie, Uh, Cyril Grayson, guys like that, you know, when that doesn't have to be a problem if you handle the the little things. But when you when you add those penalties on top of the injuries you're dealing with on top of playing on the road on a short week and all those other factors, you can't afford to beat yourself like that in any week. But when those other things are are added to it, it was just it spelled a really ugly, really avoidable loss for, for Tampa Bay.
1: No doubt. And you mentioned that the Packers are coming to town this week and it doesn't get any easier here. And Matt LaFleur is just going on and on and on. Man, look at the talent on this team. Look at the talent on this team. If you listen to LaFleur's pressers, he's all he he loves the Bucks on paper and we all do. And that's why it's so frustrating. And you shared another tweet in that kind of series and that story. Fifteen pre-snap penalties in five games and there's no crowd noise, Luke. So it's like. Man, that just makes you want to beat your head against the wall. I mean, that is like, who do you blame for that? Is that just a lack of focus? Is that on Bruce? Is that the new quarterback? And they're just not really on the same page? Like, what is going on? Like, 15 pre snap penalties is like egregious
2: yeah i think it's all of the above i think that again there's there's plenty of blame and accountability to go around and obviously it starts with the head coach uh and down to the coaching staff because everything you see on sunday is a reflection of of the week of practice in my opinion everything from the level of intensity that you Mm -hmm. see on game day to the mental errors or the lack thereof and when you see guys making mental errors like that they are not prepared for game situations and again that falls immediately to the coaching staff but also each player is a grown man in this game. You know, I mean, at some point you have to take responsibility for your own actions here and realize that you are hurting the team by making these mistakes that have nothing to do with what's actually happening in the game. You are making pre-snap mistakes that are just unacceptable for, again, even rookies in this league. You know, this is stuff that you, you should be able to know what the snap count is. You shouldn't be moving early. You should know where you're lining up. And you should know not to be doing stupid things after the whistle. So that's stuff you should learn in high school and Pop Warner. And the fact that it's still happening for these guys, very highly paid guys, uh, and a lot of the time for Tampa Bay is really a big problem.
1: So I can't let this first segment end, Luke, without asking you about Brady on this last drive. And, And the meme of all memes on Twitter right now with Brady holding up the four fingers. What's your opinion on what happened? I mean, do you think Brady just flat out forgot he just lost track of it in the moment of trying to get into field goal range and get chunk plays like he said? Or do you think maybe he heard something in the headset and he's trying to protect Bruce or or Byron Lefwich? What do you think happened there?
2: I mean, I I think we all saw what happened. I mean, everything that we said, we we tried our best to get them to admit it after the game, even even again on uh, Friday, I believe it was. Bruce wasn't going to throw his quarterback under the bus. And Tom evidently, you know, obviously didn't want to make it clear and admit that he forgot what down it was. But come on, man, we all got two eyes. We watched the game. Nobody reacts to the play the the way he did and hold up your hand four fingers unless you were thinking it's about to be fourth down. I mean that's exactly what happened. And, you know, in true Tom Brady fashion, obviously, he had the very political answer for us on Thursday night when he uh, was asked about it. And then a few days later, he's obviously making self-deprecating memes, uh, making fun of himself and congratulating LeBron James. So he he uh, he knows how to spin a situation. He won't admit it to us uh, straight to us, but he'll have a little fun. With
1: it. That's got to be his admission, right? I mean, he's only 43, Luke. We could say he's an old man, but he's only 43. He should not be, uh, you know, forgetting how many downs. But yeah, him him photoshopping LeBron James's face on his body is uh, that's an all-timer.
2: It's pure gold. Social media gold. I just wish, you know, just say so. We know what it was. We know what happened. It, just, it happens. Everybody's human. Just say, hey, I forgot. Oops.
1: All right. Well, I want to get Luke's take on how costly could this loss be because the schedule coming up is brutal for the Bucks. We'll be right back.
2: Fantasy football is about proving that you are better than
0: your friends. Sit em, start em. These are the fantasy picks of the week. It will kill me if this game ends at a tie. I need this win. This game's pretty much done. With Corey Bonini from TheHuddle.com.
3: Corey Bonini with TheHuddle.com here to talk to you about fantasy football strong plays for Week 6. Miami Dolphins quarterback Ryan Fitzpatrick has staved off Tua tonga Bailoa for now. Two quarterbacks have posted at least 32 fantasy points in five games against the Jets. And the other three quarterbacks, Jimmy Garoppolo, Phillip Rivers, Brett Rippitt, not exactly elite company. If wide receiver Preston Williams continues to come to life like we saw signs of last week, Fitz could be in for a huge fantasy day. Arizona Cardinals running back Chase Edmonds, not Kenyon Drake, has been the more productive back this year in PPR scoring. Drake may have scored on the ground last week, but he has struggled to generate yardage per touch, and he's living off an extremely small sample size of productive play from last season. Not only has Edmonds been more productive on the ground, he's simply more useful in the passing game. Look for him to exploit a weak Dallas defense. Cincinnati Bengals rookie receiver T. Higgins should see an uptick in his work if A.J. Green's hamstring prevents him from playing. Look for the rookie to continue his nice rapport with quarterback Joe Burrow. The Indianapolis defense may appear to be a poor matchup on the surface, but a closer examination reveals six different receivers have scored a touchdown and eight players at the position have gone for at least 10 PPR points. Higgins offers major upside in the red zone. If you're looking to take a gamble at tight end with four teams on their buys, the Atlanta Falcons present a brilliant matchup for Kyle Rudolph of the Minnesota Vikings. It was actually tight end Herb Smith Jr. and not Rudolph who led the way last week, but the veteran tight end is a better bet for a touchdown in the red zone. No team has given up more touchdowns to the tight end position through five weeks than the Atlanta defense. For more fantasy football news and advice, make sure to check out the huddle.com
2: um, you, you've come from one of the most disciplined organizations in new england to a, a bucks organization that has been undisciplined with penalties for a long time um what what part can you play in helping these guys understand that penalties are a surefire way to beat themselves like what happened tonight?
0: I think, you know, turnovers, penalties, field position, all those lead to points. Then it comes down to third down, red area. I mean, ultimately, you're trying to score more points than the other team, and turnovers are a big part of that. Um, Penalties are another big part of that because you're not possessing the football if you're in third and long yardage. So its um, you need to have clean games where you stay ahead on down distance, you know, you just, uh, you know, you can get a, some rhythm, some momentum, and we gotta, we obviously have to do, we always have to do a better job of that.
1: Absolutely, I mean, they're just shooting themselves in the foot, Luke. As we said, this is a game they should have won against the Bears. That was a, that was a brutal loss. They got up on them. What was it, thirteen nothing in the first half, and then all of a sudden, all this crap starts happening, and they're losing at halftime. All of a sudden, it's like, what, what's, is, what's is going on here? And it was almost just stunning that they had to try to drive at the end of the game to, to you know to piece together that win and to save it and they take the loss so they're 3 and 2 and as you mentioned they're going up against the Packers at home this week but the Packers are quietly playing like the best football in the league and it doesn't sound like a lot of people are talking about the Packers but Aaron Rodgers is on pace for 52 touchdowns and uh, zero interceptions right now. He is like lighting the world on fire. And then they got to go on the road and play Vegas, who just knocked off the Chiefs. And then they got to go on the road and play the Giants, who I know they suck, but, you know, Brady, you know, that's kind of his nemesis, the Giants. You know, who knows? That could be a, a tough game. Then they come home to play the Saints. They got to go to Carolina. They still got to come home and play the Rams. They still got to come home and play the Chiefs. Man, this schedule is kind of brutal when you look at it, and it's like, you can't be giving games away. Is there a sense of like, nervousness in Bucks Nation right now that this could kind of slip off the rails and they could fall into this category of being a fringe playoff team with all these big expectations that we had coming in.
2: Yeah, I definitely think that's, you know, in the back of their mind if it's not a genuine, you know, fear at this point. I think I think what Thursday night taught us is we still really just don't know what this Bucks team is yet. And again, it's hard it's hard especially on offense to find that identity when you don't have everybody on the field. They've yet to play a game with all of their offensive weapons healthy at 100% on the field at the same time or even really close to it. So that's something that I think Bucks fans can probably hang their hat on and say, hey, you know, as long as we get healthy, which, again, they'll be able to do. Bruce told us this morning he expects every injured player, that's Chris Godwin, that's Leonard Fournette, those guys that they were missing the last couple weeks, hopes to have them all back Thursday practicing in preparation for for Sunday, and everything seems to be on track there. So that's huge for them. They haven't really seen their whole team. Altogether together running on all cylinders. So I think if Bucks fans are not afraid, that that's why they're they're hopeful that that will continue to gel and they'll continue to get everybody back. But, man, what I'm concerned about, as much as the schedule and the teams they're playing, is you know, that was their first primetime game and their first opportunity to kind of show under the bright lights what they're capable of. Mm. And look at these next few games, man. They've got a national game of the week, I believe, against Green Bay this weekend, where they're going to be you know, in front of a mostly national audience. The week after that, they go to Vegas Sunday night football at night. Week after that, it's Monday night football at the Giants. The week after that, it's Sunday night football against New Orleans again. You know, two weeks later, they got Monday night football again against the Rams. So it's just a unique situation for coaches and players when you play at night. And Bruce talked about that, uh, you know, last week before the Thursday game. It's not just the Thursday part. It's the entire day. Your schedule is just very, very different and kind of keeping your body and your mind ready to be ready to go at 8.30 instead of one or even four, it's just a very, very different beast for these guys. So I think it's going to tell a lot about this team, not just the mental toughness to win with the attention on them, but just the mental and physical toughness to play, what, five out of six, four out of five games at night? uh and on different days so it's it's going to be really unique and again this is a team that's still really trying to find its identity particularly on offense we know what the defense is obviously Vita to being gone is going to hurt that a bit but yeah it's going to be very interesting to see how this team responds after what we saw thursday and the way they responded to the bright lights and the attention and playing at night they're going to have a, a lot of opportunities to prove they can get used to that in the next few weeks and if they don't it could be a really rough stretch
1: yeah that's that's interesting luke that's great insight like that's the Brady factor right there. The Bucks aren't used to playing this many primetime games, you know, under the bright lights like and like every other week now. Yeah, that's interesting.
2: Something he's used to, something a couple of those guys are maybe used to. But again, we, you, it's one thing to see the schedule come out and for Bucks fans to be like, "Yeah, finally, we're going to get the you know the chance to show off guys like Levante David, who should be a household name but isn't, Mike Evans, who is on a Hall of Fame pace right now in his career and, and doesn't really get the national respect and attention he deserves. Even guys like Vita Vea, one of the you know arguably the best nose tackle in the game, nobody knows it because the Bucks don't make the playoffs. They don't play to the point where the national audience gets to appreciate them. And when you get the chance to go out there and you're finally able to execute and it doesn't go the way you expect, you kind of start to wonder, you know, it's one thing to be excited for the attention, but you got to deliver once you get there. You know, the Bucks still have plenty of opportunities to prove that. And again, Brady's experience in those situations should help, but he's only one guy. He can only play that one position and he's going to have to get those guys ready mentally to step up their game when the lights are the brightest because they've got four more left against really, really good teams. And that's not counting games against guys like the Chiefs yeah. uh, and a couple other matchups that are going to be tough. So, and again, it's the NFL, man. It's a one-week league. Uh, you know, the, you look at a team like the Falcons, they still haven't played yet. Those teams That team's 0-5, but they haven't had a great track record against them in recent years either. So you know every week is a challenge, and that's why I don't expect the Bucs to to beat the Packers necessarily this week. But you also have to remember, this is a one-week league. I don't think many people expected the Raiders to beat Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs this week either. So anybody can win any given week. It's why I laugh every time somebody thinks the best team in college football can beat the worst team in the NFL. It's just comical to me because any week, any week in the NFL, any team can really win.
1: Uh, no, no, I had the Raiders, Luke. Uh, no, I didn't. I picked the Chiefs minus eleven. <laughs> so, so yeah, no. Yeah, I had nobody, no 100. nobody, <laughs>
2: nobody picked the Raiders that didn't already love the Raiders. 100%, 100%.
1: Hey, if uh, this thing goes off the rails, the Bucks miss the playoffs with all this hype. Do you think Bruce is on the hot seat?
2: Of course, absolutely, and I think he'd tell you that to your face. Uh, you know that the expectation for this team is to is to compete for a Super Bowl, and, and whether that means get there and and win or lose it, or just be in the conversation you know, make the playoffs somewhat comfortably and, and do some damage, not not get knocked out in your first game. You know, those are the expectations here from the top down. I don't think he would lose his job over it, but I think that he would go into next season obviously knowing if we can't do this this year, obviously it would be the last year of Brady's deal that he signed the two-year deal in the off season. You know, I think that's when you start looking at if we don't get this done in 2021 after missing the boat in 2020 you know, they're, they're blowing this whole thing up after that. And, they, you know, we're, you're cleaning the house, you're starting over again. And that's definitely not something that, that they want to happen. Obviously, you can't really look too far into the future in terms of Brady and really Arians at this point in his career, obviously. If they do well the next couple of years, you could easily see both of them either retiring or moving on to different situations after having some success in Tampa Bay. But if it doesn't go well these next 2 years, it will put the Bucks in a, in a situation where they're unfortunately forced to to go in a completely different direction and blow things
1: up. This is a really interesting matchup coming up between the Bucks and the Packers. Luke and I will start breaking that one down coming up next.
0: It's that time again The line of the week The inside track to the favorites The underdogs and the over-unders I think I want my money back Now, here are Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren From USA Today's Sportsbook Wire
3: Hello, I'm Esther McLaren of SportsbookWire.com and Bet Slippin' Podcast, and I'm joined by my colleague Jeff Clark.
2: Here's what you need to know to bet on the week six Sunday night football game between the Los Angeles Rams and San Francisco 49ers. The Rams, minus three and a half favorites on the road, 49ers plus 160 underdogs on the money line, a low over under for this one of 50.5 points. Jeff, how do you feel about this game?
3: Oh, I'm going with the home team in prime time. San Francisco needs this game like blood to keep pace in a tough NFC West. They're obviously very familiar with the Los Angeles Rams. And three in the hook is just too many points for the home dog. You know what? I'm going to fade the team that just lost 43-17 to the Miami
2: Dolphins in week five. Give me those LA Rams coming off a big 30-10 win against the Washington and football team. Check out sportsbookwire.com for more with all odds from Bet Sportsbook. Subscribe to Bet Podcast. And be sure to rate and review.
1: Bucks host the 4-0 Green Bay Packers, who should have wide receiver Devontae Adams back. He's been out for a while, but it, you know, it hasn't really stopped the Packers from putting up points and just shredding every defense they face. Like I said, Aaron Rodgers is just killing it this year. He's kind of got his swagger back, I think. He's kind of feeling it a little bit. He's he's out there, and he's, he's doing his thing, and I don't know if that's the Packers
2: because... should have traded up for a quarterback a long time ago.
1: I was going to say, I was I was just going to say, maybe <laughs> that's because Jordan loves over there on that sideline. Who knows? The Bucks actually opened as a three-point favorite in this game. The line's been bet down to around a, a point and a half right now, but the Bucs are still favored. I, that's going to be interesting. I think this line's going to move throughout the week, especially right before the game. You tweeted, Luke, that you're not sure the Bucks are ready for this. What's your top take on it?
2: Yeah, I, I think that's what I believe is that this team is not ready. Even if they're they're back to full strength, that could have a big impact on it. And obviously, you know, like I said, it's a week. It's a one week league. We got to remember that Josh Freeman wearing the creamsicle throwbacks beat Aaron Rodgers uh, with an epic fourth quarter comeback. I think it was in 2010. So anything can happen. Let's be honest. But you know, when I look at where this Bucks team has the chance to struggle the most, it's the fact that they have a very young secondary against one of the most savvy veteran quarterbacks there is in terms of making checks and putting people in positions to to create mismatches and making just ridiculous ungodly throws in places where defenders just can't get to them that's not a great matchup for the bucks they've got great athletes and they've got great potential in that secondary I think but it's just a lot of young guys that are still learning the ropes and a quarterback who has to be looking forward to that matchup and the opportunity to kind of pick those guys apart and also we got a running game that's averaging 150 yards on the ground per game going up against yes One of the best rushing defenses in the NFL, hasn't given up more than 50 yards uh, on the ground yet this season. But, man, big number 50 is missing. He's going to be missing for the rest of the year. And everybody loves Nacho. Uh, That's what they call Raheem Nunez-Roches, who's going to be taking most of the snaps for Vita there in the middle. But, man, he's just not the same guy. Vita Vea, again, maybe the best nose tackle in the game, 6'4", 330-plus just literally a massive loss for this defense and when you look at what the packers are able to do and how they're able to keep that offense balanced i don't know if it'll matter if the bucks offense looks better this week i don't know if you know once they get everybody healthy and they can kind of stay in a shootout uh, maybe a little longer than they would have the, these last few weeks that that's possible but, man, I feel like the Bucks are going to have to score a lot of points because the Packers just match up really, really well on defense. I, I think Aaron Rodgers has only faced Todd Bowles once uh, in terms of his defense, and he carved him up pretty bad. You know, Maybe he's got some some new things up his sleeve, but a young secondary versus Aaron Rodgers, a really great rushing attack against a defense that's been good against the run, but is missing the most important piece to that in their big nose tackle. It's just, it's really tough to look at this and see a Tampa Bay win on paper.
1: Do you think the points are on the wrong side, Luke? Do you, would, do you think the Packers should be the, the team favored by a point, maybe a point and a half, two points coming in?
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. There's no, uh, I think it, I, when I saw that first early line, I retweeted and was just laughing. I yeah, was just like, yeah, yeah. how can you look side. at the way the Packers are playing, the way the Bucks played on Thursday night and the injuries that they've sustained and say, that the Bucks are the team that is most likely to win this game. I agree with you. I think we're going to see the line move to the Packers by the time the game rolls around Sunday afternoon, uh, and with good reason because I, I just think the smart money's on the Packers here. If the Bucks win this, it's going to be again one of those moments where you just have to chalk it up to the fact that you never know what's going to happen in this league.
1: Yeah, we, we've seen it before. We've seen one team just look dreadful, the other team look great, and then the next week comes and it's like the opposite, the polar opposite in the NFL. So you really, you never know. We, we could see the Bucs come out and be gangbusters in this one.
2: Absolutely, man. That's, again, that that's why you play the games. That's why it's the, it's the weekly version of why all the Super Bowl hype about a team like the Bucks. you have to take it with a grain of salt in the offseason because every team that's ever won the offseason championship rarely, if ever, wins the actual one. So, you know, you we can say all day long what the Bucks team is capable of, but they got to execute. They didn't do that Thursday night. They got beat, in my opinion, by a team that's not as good as them in the Chicago Bears this week. Obviously, I think the Packers are the better team. But you still have to execute. You still have to do your job. And if the Packers don't do that and leave the door open, the Bucks are talented enough to take advantage.
1: All right, look, I always appreciate the insight. Hey, keep an eye on Brady for me. Let me know if he's still going senile. All right, I'm worried about him over there in Tampa.
2: We're doing our best, man. But I, I think that you know, I think the meme really showed us that he's he, he's still got it. He, he still understands. He just he just wasn't ready, I think, to admit it to everybody that he just forgot. Man, we all have those moments, Tom. It's okay.
1: One hundred percent. Hey, man. Have a great week. All right.
2: Hey, you too, Ryan. Take care.